Episode 9, where we discuss X-Files Episode 9, Space. Written by Chris Carter, directed by William Graham, original air date, November 12th, 1993. Now, this one is pretty unique among the X-Files series. It deals with an extraterrestrial threat that has no part of the larger mythology that's going to be built. It's also directed by William Graham. This is actually one of his three directorial credits in the X-Files. Beyond that, another element that sets this apart from the rest is that, as far as IMDb users are concerned, this is the lowest rated episode of the entire series. At this time, the rating is 6.2 out of 10. So we'll discuss a bit about the show and a bit about why that is. Now, I think one of the biggest flaws with this episode is the fact that it does hold pretty closely to the X-Files structure as it had been established up to this point. As we mentioned, the X-Files at this stage is essentially a procedural show with science fiction and fantasy and horror elements. And the teaser before the credits doesn't involve Mulder and Scully. It's setting up the monster and it's setting up the threat that we're going to be dealing with. Now, it takes a while for Mulder and Scully to even figure out what the nature of this episode's monster is. But the audience knows just about right away. So we start off with a flashback to Pasadena, California in 1977. We're interviewing Marcus Aurelius Belt, who is the colonel that's a major part of this episode, and we also cut to see him in his room at home, and we find out he's been possessed by some kind of entity. I think setting that up in the teaser really undermines this episode. From there, after the opening credits, Mulder and Scully get involved when someone from NASA brings them what may or may not be evidence of sabotage. She gives them an x-ray, Mulder and Scully start investigating, and they are told on pretty good authority that it would be very difficult for anyone to cause this kind of damage. So a big part of what's going on here is the question, is this sabotage? Is it not? Is the woman who brought this to their attention just being overly protective and overly concerned because her fiancé is scheduled to be on the shuttle that just had an aborted takeoff? Personally, I think the episode worked far more effectively if the pre-credits teaser was the aborted takeoff and then the Michelle Jenner character getting this x-ray from an anonymous source and pursuing it that way. If we didn't know immediately that Marcus Bell was possessed, it would have been a very different episode, especially since the good authority that's telling Mulder and Scully there is no sabotage is Colonel Belt himself. Now, the audience immediately knows they can't trust him. If we didn't know that, all we would know is that he was one of Mulder's childhood heroes. Mulder wants to trust him. So by some token, there is going to be some suspicion because we get the fallen hero trope a lot, but the audience will also most likely want Mulder to be right about his childhood hero, at least on some levels. As the episode develops, we eventually get Mulder and Scully to find out that there's something going on. It doesn't happen right away. A lot of what we have here is a lot of exposition where, again, Mulder's the boyhood astronaut nut. He's the one that wants to be in this role, so they're higher on mission control. They're interviewing and investigating. But a lot of what's coming forward is coming through from Mulder's perspective, and Scully is being treated as the outsider. Now, that makes a lot of sense when we're looking at the supernatural elements, but if we've got someone whose first degree was in physics, whose undergraduate thesis was rewriting Einstein, to me, it feels like Scully would be the one more inclined and better versed in the actual science and space program. Especially since I think one of the other large flaws in this episode is that Scully isn't treated with the respect that she is in other episodes. There's comments she makes like, even I can figure out what happens if they run out of oxygen after the orbiter develops an oxygen leak. And that's the kind of comment that doesn't really show Scully in the greatest light. I mean, just the even I can figure out comment. She's not the kind of person to belittle herself. Yeah, you could say, well, she's the one that's not familiar with the space project, but it's still not quite there. 
So I think that is one of the issues. A couple of the other issues with the episode is that the special effects budget just simply doesn't support the story being told. We've got a car rolled over when this entity realizes that Michelle Gennaro was on its track. It attacks her in the fog. Her car flips, but they didn't have the budget to actually roll a car. So what do we get? We get a series of blurry, stilled, out-of-focus images of a camera rotating around a car that's firmly seated on the ground. Then we follow what happens when Mulder and Scully come on the scene. And this is another case where Scully doesn't get the respect she deserves. She is a medical doctor. She's one of the first on the scene in an accident. We hear saying, don't try to move, but Scully doesn't try to prevent Mulder from dragging Michelle Williams out from under the car. He doesn't prevent her from rolling over. Scully checks her pulse, but that's it. And I don't see a trained medical professional letting someone who's just been a car that's rolled over be treated that way or act that way. She would have taken a lot more care to strap her down. The investigation continues, and as Mulder and Scully start digging through it, they find clear evidence of sabotage, even if the NASA officials are trying to prevent that from coming out into the press by flat-out lying to the press. And they find evidence that Colonel Belt was aware of the Challenger problem. Mulder mentions that Colonel Belt was on an Apollo mission where the oxygen leaked. Again, that would be public knowledge. Now, this episode aired a couple years before Apollo 13 came out. So before this time, yeah, a lot of the general public couldn't name the people who were on Apollo 13, which was the Apollo mission where they had the oxygen leak. Watching it today, that element just really doesn't work as well. And that's part of the issue with using a real space agency in the series. You kind of have to invent that, which I think is part of the reason that NASA as a whole is not heavily involved in the series from this point on. You get some civilian conspiracy theorists mention it, but this is the only time we see any active involvement from NASA. And again, this particular alien threat, which would be the one closest to Earth by the looks of it, doesn't come up again in the series. At any rate, we also see some behavior that makes me question Colonel Belt. We know he's been possessed and these things have been living in him. What we don't understand, at least I don't understand by the time it's done, is what control they have over him. I mean, maybe when they're in him, I could see why they'd prevent him from reporting them or do anything like that. But they leave his body to act and commit the acts of sabotage on multiple occasions. He says they're coming back when they do return as though they're not a part of him then. So what's preventing him from making the reports and trying to undo all this when they're not within him and trying to it up so that he gets scanned by doctors and they find these things while they're in him. At this point, they've been living in him for 16 years. It would have been nice to see some evidence that he tried to get them out or tried to fight them, and there's some reason that that's not being allowed. At any rate, this orbiter does manage to take off, and it does start to leak oxygen from both tanks. This is actually one of the sequences that works quite well. The shuttle's up there, it's under tension, we find out from Colonel Belt how to get it down safely, so he is trying to help, and Mulder and Scully get back to mission control, they get that information, and we get a moment again, two or three years before Apollo 13, where they're coming in under radio blackout, they're not sure if the updated instructions even made it to the orbiter, and these guys may be burning up on re-entry. It's two minutes until the radio blackout is over, and we've got more than two minutes there before they respond as happened with the real Apollo 13 mission, that's one of the moments that works really, really well. So this is, I mean, it's certainly not a perfect episode, but it's certainly not a terrible episode either, especially compared to episodes from other series. It is probably one of the weakest episodes of the series, but it's not as weak as we'll see from other shows. So anyway, as the episode wraps, we see that Colonel Belt realizes these things are back at him. They're going to keep going, and he commits suicide from his hospital room because he is convinced that that will kill them and end the threat. Not completely sure why that works, because 
as we've seen, they were originally autonomous. They were originally not tied to him. They encountered him in space when there are no bodies to inhabit or to live in. So I think a lot of it is just that this is not a well-conceived monster. It's also not a monster that can be effectively displayed with this CGI, but we do get that last selfless act from Colonel Belt as he takes his own life to kill them. Personally, I think that 1977 flashback that we saw in the teaser, right before we cut to the modern day when we know he's possessed, that flashback to 1977, I personally think would have worked better as the coda after his funeral at the end and coming out that way. Like rearranging the story structure so that we had more suspense about what was going on and we didn't really know what was going on until Mulder saw the change in Colonel Belt's face about halfway through the episode would have helped increase the suspense and it would have helped keep some questions open. At that point we would have known he was possessed, wouldn't have a clear idea of when and where it happened. At any rate, that is episode 9. Those are the key points about space. And join us next time as we discuss Fallen Angel, which was the next big piece of the X-Files mythology. Intro and outro music is Outside Poolside by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. The rest of this podcast, copyright Bureau 42, 2013.